32 years, congratulations, you made it. I told my precious, wonderful wife yesterday, you know, we are married 42 years now and in love, which is a huge thing. It really is. It's just wonderful. I was telling her yesterday, uh, you know, I, I plan on living a long time and being super healthy. I really do. I, I feel great. I feel great. I feel strong. Uh, I don't feel old. I don't feel worn out. I just, you know, the Bible says our youth is renewed like the eagles. All you over 40 say, my youth is renewed like the eagles. <laughs> hey, at least say it. You know what I'm saying? Just say it. Even if you don't feel it, just say, my youth is renewed like the eagles, because it is. And it is. And, um, uh, but, you know, you, sometimes you have these moments like this that you stop and you say, you know, uh, uh, if my life was over right now, I could say it's been the most amazing life. I mean, I'm from Springfield, Louisiana. Think about it for a minute. I mean, can anything good come out of Springfield, they used to say? <laughs> it's a great little place. I was in Springfield and played on the river banks, and, and uh, I just went to church. You know, I got saved when I was 18, 19. We got married, Donnie and I, and uh, I gave my life to Christ, and I was just in church at First Assembly and beautiful church, beautiful people. And, uh, uh, you know, because I'd been in church my whole life. My dad's a wonderful Methodist pastor, and I loved all those songs, but I, I remember when I went to uh, First Assembly, they had a bunch of ladies in the choir that were singing. That's you. You were in the choir. Hey, you, Carol. This is my original secretary right there. Carol's here. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, I, I remember being there, and, you know, they never got the choir mics ever working. I'm not sure what happened, but you could always see them, but you could never hear them. The choir just... And you're like, well, you know, they, I just, I learned how to worship watching those people, you know, because they were, they were just beaming. And I was like, I don't know how to worship, but I've been in the Methodist church my whole life. When I walked into that church, I thought, this is my jam. And I, I started scooching closer to the front row because I thought, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Methodist boy, but I'm totally in. Whatever it is, whatever they're on, I want some of that. I'll have what the lady in the choir's having. And, you know, they were just glowing and smiling and shouting. And, and I thought, you know, uh, this is it for me. And uh, I was a piano player there and happy to play piano. Just finally, you know, if you hang around long enough, some piano player is going to quit. I don't know why. <laughs> I just knew I'll get my chance sooner or later. And sooner or later, I did get, the, uh, get my chance to play the piano. I was so honored to play the piano. And then the pastor made me, the youth pastor was a miracle, sweet Brother Glenn gave me a chance in the ministry. Now, I always wanted to be a musician. I still like to play, of course, and, but I always wanted to be a musician. I, I never, I, it was my dream. I just wanted to play. And so when I gave my life to Christ, I just wanted to go on the street and play. And, and uh, I, didn't want, I never thought of myself as an evangelist. I just wanted to go out and play and sing and tell people about Jesus. And I had a band called Jesus Power and Light. Come on, somebody. Those were the days. I just listened to that record the other day. And, uh got my record player working and listened to it. I thought, it just, I just was transported to those days playing in the street, playing at the jails, playing at the, wherever they let us play. And uh, those, are, those are great days in my life. And uh, we started this church, had a great youth group. Carol was there. A lot of the, some young people, Rose, Melody. Uh, some of these guys are here. Who? Tara, of course. Tara's here. And I uh, had a great youth group, and it was just a, it was an epic youth group. It went from nothing 
to just a powerful, on-fire, missions-oriented youth group. And so when we started this church, I started with, a, uh, there was a guy, uh, Dick Flores, had owned the Christian bookstore, and he, would, uh, he was a Baptist evangelist, but I didn't care what label he was. He was just on fire for God, so we became close friends, and uh, he became my partner in crime. You know, there's not a lot of Christians that understand how fun it is to, you know, push the limits and actually tell other people about Christ. And he was good at it, so I wanted to be around him, you know, because <laughs> uh, he pushed me, you know, and I like that. And he used to go on our mission trips with us, and it was so inspiring to see, uh, you know, the gospel without fear in those other countries. And I got the, the vision, you know, to, to we started the church. I thought, we're going to go to, I'm going to bring this church on the mission field. Because every time I bring my young people, they would always come back and be so changed by the cross-cultural gospel experience. I thought, I want the whole church to do that. So first couple of years, we, uh, we, we, uh, we took like 120 people uh, on the short-term missions. And it was awesome. It was great. But I, I started getting a hunger say, well, if we can do it there, why can't we do it here? So at our second year of our church, I, I might have been the first year, we did a thing called um, uh, Mission Possible. We had a T-shirt that said Mission Possible. And our goal was in one summer to knock on every single door in Hammond and give them the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. So we had a crew of people, and we, would, we had a map, and they lined it out. And we said, we can do this. And so we would go out to all the streets, and, and we did it. You know, some people say can, it can't be done. It can be done. You just have to want to do it. And we thought, well, let's just go do it. Now, everybody wasn't home, and sometimes we had to leave door hangers. But it was something different. And uh, it made me excited that church can be different. You know, you don't have to do what everybody else did. You can do something crazy. And so I thought, well, and uh, I was five years in. The church was really big. And I thought to myself, I started to feel super insecure because I wasn't, um, I wasn't trained to do this. I was you know, I was a youth pastor, and, and I really wanted to get cut loose, you know, to, to do music. And I had written a song. I'm thinking about how my life has been. I'd written a couple of songs, and at that time, there was a singer that was very famous named Phil Driscoll. He came to our church, and uh, Dick uh, Flores pitched him my songs, and uh, he ended up recording a couple of my songs. It was the craziest thing to be up from Springfield. And I find myself in Long Beach, uh, New York, at, well, Long Beach up there. And there was a church there, and Phil flew me up, and I, I found myself in Springfield, Louisiana. I'm uh, singing with Phil Driscoll. I'm in the back room writing songs with Phil Driscoll. I'm thinking, this is, some of you don't know who he is, but he was, like, huge. In the day, he was everything that was, Chris. he's a trumpet player. He was everything. He's like Joe Cocker plays the trumpet. And uh, I thought, man, I thought I died and gone to heaven because I was writing music with uh, Phil Driscoll and singing. And, uh, and I thought, how, how did God take me from Springfield on the riverbank? And here I am in New York with some little song that I sat down and wrote it in about 15 minutes. And uh, I started seeing that if you can dream big, God can do big things. And you're not limited because you're from Springfield. Come on, somebody. You're not, limited. you're not limited because you're from Hammond or because, you know, you don't have a lot of money. You're only limited by your ability to dream. And uh, I begin to see that that's been my whole life. I dreamed. I dreamed. I don't get emotional. But I dreamed that I dreamed that I would have children. And, you know, every, I don't know everybody, but every, I don't know most people, they want to have children. I, I dreamed, I, then, I, then I thought, I'm not just going to have children. I'm going to dream that my children serve God. 
And then I'm going to dream that all my children are in the ministry. It was a big dream because they all got personalities and issues. And it's not an easy thing, I'm telling you right now. You see these people up here? That almost did me in. That right there? <laughs> it might look easy to you. Oh, it was easy. No, you weren't around. You should have been there. Almost killed me a few times, really, seriously. And, uh, but I dreamed that dream, and I found out that you don't have to be a perfect parent. You have to have big faith. You don't have to be mistake-free. You just have to have big faith and really mean, if you say you love Jesus, really love him. If you say you're a Christian, be one. At least try. At least give it what you got. At least let them be proud of the sacrifice that you're making. And uh, look, it was just a, quite a trip. And I've been able to, you know, write songs and do things and build things and see beautiful things. And, I mean, I just had a wonderful life. And, I, you know, I, I, um, I, I want to actually share something with you today because I, I, I don't want you just to hear my thing. But before I, I, I get to just I'll give you a scripture and how many of y'all getting hungry already? Like, this guy's making me hungry, man. Uh, if you are launching, when I came back to Hammond, um, we had about uh, seven uh, life groups here. And, of course, it's, uh, and really, it was, they were sweet people, great people. And, uh, of course, these people and these leaders have been working, and they've been inspiring, and we've been um, working with them. And this is our goal was to launch 25 cells or 25 life groups at our anniversary. And we have surpassed that goal. So if you're a life group leader, come stand here. We want to pray for you. Every life group leader, mom, dad, come on up here. Look at these. Stand out there. Look. Come on, get on stage with me. I want everybody to see you. The ones that aren't here, they're helping. In the back. Yes, the ones that aren't here are helping in the back. So don't count up and say, Ben, that's only 20. <laughs> look at these guys. Now, look. The, the, the future of every ministry, business, church ha always has to do with how many leaders you have and the quality of those leaders. Like John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And people's willingness not just to come to church but to say, I want to lead for Jesus. Well, the Bible says that the harvest is ripe but the laborers are few. There's never anything wrong with people who need God. There's always plenty because the devil's always messing people up. But you have to have people that are willing to work. You have to have people that are willing to say, look, look, count on me. These guys really are, and let's have a good look at our leaders. Uh, and, and I want you to, I know we've been praying a lot tonight, today, but this is a great moment. Uh, it is a, it is a um, for us, you know, to me, it's a huge make me want to cry moment. Because uh, the moment, you could say, well, that's only 25 groups. You know what? Uh, when we were in that building, we had 800 small groups. And you say, well... We're a long way from that, but listen, when you go from five to, or seven to 25, you did something, and that was on a little over a year, so they, they have really worked hard. You know, you got to think about where you start, and, it, it, and that's an amazing, in a short period of time, that's an amazing task, and they, all behind the scenes, they've been working, they've been praying, and some of these guys just launched their group, and they're stepping out in faith, and they're believing God can use them. Look how beautiful they are. My goodness, look at it. That's the most beautiful people, aren't they? So, you know, like we like to do, we like to stretch our hands. It, not that there's like, uh, like lightning coming out of your fingertips or anything. But we, I'd, like you to, you know, I'd like you to feel like you're participating with whatever blessing you have. 
I'd like for you to feel like you're participating in not just praying, but you're saying, you know, I'm just going to stretch my hand and ask God to bless them. Would you just stretch your hand out and ask God to bless them? Father, thank you for these great men and women. Thank you for their heart to serve. Now, Father, let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ come upon them because they've set their heart to lead. Give them the words they need to speak. Give them the strategies that they need to stay encouraged and to influence people and help people find out who you really are. We apply the blood of Jesus over them for their protection, that they had never become discouraged or despondent or wounded, but that they would always find healing and resurrection, that they'd always snap back and they'd always find the joy of the Lord. You said if we sow sparingly, that we would also reap sparingly. But if we sow abundantly, we would reap abundantly. And because these are sowing abundantly, let an abundant blessing come upon them in their families, in their finances, in their health, in their strength. Let them have more energy than the people who aren't leading. Let them have better health, Lord. Let them have more blessings and more opportunities because they're sowing into you. Let them reap joy. Lord, let their house be like the place that, that Obed-Edom that kept the Ark of the Covenant. Let all the blessings continue to come upon them because they've stepped out and said, God, just use me. I'm willing. And because of their willingness, Lord, we pray that you would let the wisdom of God come upon them. And, Lord, we call forth blessing and multiplication on their life. Lord, you said in multiplying, I will multiply thee. Lord, as they're jumping out to, and stepping out to multiply, cause that anointing not just to lead, but to lead leaders. Cause them to inspire people because ordinary people change the world. Let these ordinary people become extraordinary. Let them find that when they step out, they feel your presence. Lord, use them. Let them be glorious. Let them shine like lights in the dark. Let their faces shine. Don't let them be nervous and worried and, 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 and upset, Lord. But let them with joy draw from the wells of life. Let each one of them become a multitude, we pray. Let them be strong and do exploits in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. come on, let's give these guys a great shout. All right, give each other a hug. God bless you. <laughs> Man, this is a great day. We have a, right here, a, um, a, a little piece of paper, and it is, a, it is just the names of the life group leaders. So the usher's going to pass these out, and I want you to pray for them every day. This is all our new leaders. I want you to pray for them every day. So listen, let me just give you this before we leave. I'm going to shoot it to you really quick. I want to give you, this is, I do love this church. I love, I love Louisiana. I love this church. I love this city, and it's been a great blessing for 42 years, or 32 years, 42 more maybe, 32 years of, of being on fire for God. I want you to read one scripture, the scripture that inspires me always, inspired me, gripped me 32 years ago, still does the same thing, Matthew 28, this is Jesus speaking himself, 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Jesus said, I'm going to be, let's do this, and I'm going to be with you. 
I always wanted Jesus with me like that, so I know the only way to have Jesus with me is to do what Jesus said to do. To find my courage, not measure myself by my weaknesses, but measure myself by God's dream. And to allow the Holy Spirit to come upon me and take ordinary people and an ordinary person and do something extraordinary. If you were at First Assembly when I was there, there was like 10 preachers in front of me. But you know what? I made my mind up. This is not about talent. It's not about favorites. It's about faithfulness. And you make your mind up, I've decided to follow Jesus. I love that song, No Turning Back. Look at somebody say, No Turning Back. I made my mind up, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm finishing strong for Jesus. And whether it's my marriage or my family or whatever in my life, I've learned a few things that I believe are success. I want to give them to you really quick. I'm going to, the, I call these six secrets to success. Write them down because this will help you. But this is where we are and this is where we're going. Number one, dream big. Dream big. If you have a small dream, you have a small God. If you have a big God, you have a big dream. You can measure the size of your God by the size of your dream. If your dream is small, it's because you have a small God. But we have the maker of heaven and earth. We have the one that spoke and it all came into existence. And he's the one that says, dream and I'll do it. He told Abraham, he said, look out here as far as you can, north, south, east, and west. Whatever you can see, I will give it to you. And God still has the same promise for your life. If you can see it, you can have it. Seeing it is possessing it. Dream a great dream. Look, you can't have a great life without a great dream. You can't squeeze a great life into a small dream. You have to have a big dream that's impossible. If it's not impossible, it's not God. If it's something you, don't, you can do, you don't need God to do it. I don't know if I can do it. Perfect. It's God's dream. Dream big. Dream big. Mark 9.23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, and that word is still in force to your life, everything is possible. You can do the impossible. Joel Brown said, see the invisible, believe the incredible, achieve the impossible. Big God for big dreams. And he's still dreaming big for us. And he's still dreaming big for you. You're not too old. It's not over. You're not too young. It's not over. God has a big dream. My wife was giving me that scripture for the women's thing. She said that scripture in Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you. A plan to prosper you and to not harm you. A plan to bless. God's got a plan that's bigger than your plan. God's got a dream that's bigger than your. And he knows it. He knows the dream he has for you. You just got to hook up with God and stop shrinking your dream down to your talent or your circumstances or the color of your skin or your gender. Don't shrink your dream because the devil says to shrink it, because the world says to shrink it. Expand your dream to who God is. Don't bring God's word down to fit your life. Bring your life up to fit God's promise. Jesus said, win the world. I love, I didn't bring it out here today. We had a, a, t, a, a newspaper article, had my pitiful picture on it. And I, I was trying to look pastorly. I shouldn't have done it. It's haunted me all these years. It was in the newspaper. But they said, harvest, born of the vision, to change the whole world, beginning in Hammond. The audience. 
audacity to believe that you could change the world beginning in Hammond. And listen, we've done it and we're going to continue to do it. We're starting right here in small town Louisiana and we're going to change the world with Louisiana people. <laughs> with Louisiana. I mean, you got to lose in the name of your state. Come on, somebody. You're still going to win. Because you got a big winner inside of you. Number two, pray the price. Pray the price. I started studying the greatest pastors in the world, and I found out the greatest pastors in the world were not the best speakers or preachers or strategists. They were the greatest prayer warriors. So we started praying at 5 o'clock in the morning at our early church. 5 o'clock every morning. We started out praying for victory, and then we started praying for survival. Because it's like all hell broke loose. We started praying at 5 in the morning. It was like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. I was holding on my fingernails, you know. It was like everything was coming against you. But you know what? We never quit. We kept praying. We ended up opening the house of prayer 24 hours a day. And we started pushing back the darkness. And we, every time people prayed, you could, we used to keep all the numbers of people that gave their life to Christ. And the more people prayed, the more people gave their life to Christ. That it really is worth your time. If you have a big dream, you have to have a big, big faith and a big prayer life. Don't cut it short. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, therefore I say to you, Jesus said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Pray big. I was uh, the general superintendent of the, not general, the, the state superintendent, the district superintendent of the Assemblies of God started with us. We started with him. His name was Brother Jan Wade. He was from the Old Day Revival, and he, me and Dick Flores uh, met with him, and he gave us 30 chairs, 50 chairs, like metal chairs to start. He said, here's your 50 chairs. I was like, we took them. He said, here's your 50 songbooks. And then he pu pulled out his pocket, and he, he said, I want to I be the first one to put $100. And he couldn't remember my name, so he called me Brother Blaze. And I thought, I'm going to keep that name because somehow I'm hoping he associates that with me. For him, I'm always going to be Brother Blaze. And I, I, I he, he took $100 out of his pocket and he said, here, I want to be the first one to invest in this church. And, and he, he, said, he gave me some advice. He said, I want you to pray like it all depends on God. And I want you to work like it all depends on you. Then I actually looked it up. It was actually St. Augustine that said that. Pray as though everything depends on God. Work as though everything depends on you. And you can achieve anything. Number three, keep learning. Number three, keep learning. If you want to write next to that, say keep learning, keep burning. If you keep learning, look, uh, Henry Ford said when you stop learning, you're old. When you, stop, when you stop learning, he said, anyone, this is Henry Ford said, anyone who stops learning is old, whether 20 or 80. Anyone who keeps learning stays young. Write it down. Learning is burning. Look, you can learn. You can learn. You, what you want to do, be great at it. Be great at it. Read. Find the people who are the very best and read and do what they did. Don't be cocky and arrogant and lazy and sit in front of TVs all the time. Learn. Be the best that you can be. Always be a learning. Don't, you don't have to learn in a classroom, but you can, you can learn your own way. Find a way to figure it out. Learn. Learn how to do what God called you to do. Be the best at it. Always learn. Stop learning. Stop burning. 
If you stop learning, you'll stop leading. If you'll learn, you are the leader because nobody else is learning. You'll be the learning, but just, just acquire the information and be good at what you're saying. Don't be a dingbat. I'm a dingbat for Jesus. Don't be a dingbat for Jesus. Know what you're talking about. When you open your mouth, don't, be, don't let people say, man, this guy is dull. This woman is dumb. You don't have to be dumb. You've got Google. Google something. Look at YouTube. You can't read. Look at YouTube. You can find it. You can build an Audi on YouTube. <laughs> you could build a spaceship and fly to the moon if you got YouTube. Keep learning. Don't be the, the good. Be the best. If you're a guitar player, be the best. If you're a singer, learn. Work. Which is my next point, number three. Four, I'm sorry. I can never get that right. Number, number four. It's not going to change. It's 32 years. It's going to be just like that. I don't know what point I'm on. I haven't known it for 32 years. That's not going to change. I've learned, but I can't learn numbers. <laughs> Number, I can't learn. I, can't, I, can't, I, I, I cast those words down in Jesus' name. Okay, number four, work hard. I don't respect pastors who are lazy bums, to tell you the honest truth. Because everybody else is working hard to give their money to pay your salary, and you don't need to sit around. If God called you to do something great, work Take the time that you have free and don't sit around playing dang video games. If God called you to do something, work at it. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to want to do it. Work at it. Every good thing comes from hard work. Now that you're a pastor, you don't have to work? Heck no. Work harder than the people that are sitting there. I know I'm not talking to a group of pastors, but I'm talking to myself. <laughs> but I can tell you, whatever we do, do it all your heart unto the Lord. Be happy to work. Whatever your dream is, work for that dream. Work outwork the other guy. John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no man can work. Work. Don't sit around. Don't sit on couches. Don't lay around. Get up and do something great with your life. You cannot succeed without it. Henry Ford, again, I'm going to quote him. Vision without execution is just hallucination. Vision without execution is just hallucination. Nothing is impossible for a dreamer who is not afraid to work. I said nothing is impossible for a dreamer who's not afraid to get out there and get dirty and work and do whatever you could be the president of the United States, you could be a congressman, you could own a business, but you're going to have to roll up your sleeve and say, I'm not just dreaming, I'm working for God. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good work and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Number five, have fun. Have fun. I love to have fun. I love to laugh. If you go to my office, I'm going to make a joke because I refuse to have a boring life. How about you? I'm not going to have a boring church. I'm not going to have a boring family. My wife tells the corniest jokes, but they're kind of funny because they're corny. If you know her, you're like, you know, that was corny, but it's almost funny. And all my kids are funny. Bray is hilarious. And uh, I just think if you're going to live anyway, go ahead and have fun. If you're going to do something, have fun. Enjoy yourself. Laugh a little bit. Make living for God fun. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above his brothers. Paul quoted the scripture in Nehemiah. When the wall was built and they wrote the, wrote, read the law, 
It was a day of celebration, but when they read the law, everybody was mourning like, oh, we haven't done right. We're not good enough. And Nehemiah said, what the heck? Nehemiah got on the stage and said, hey, what y'all crying about? Well, we're just not good enough. We haven't done it. He said, hey, shut all that up. I, you know, I've been doing that for 32 years. Shut all that crying up. We don't need to be crying. We need to be shouting. We need to be celebrating. Jesus is inside of us. We don't have anything to be sad about. I'm not moping around. Look, if the worship's playing, I'm jumping. If the, if the praise is playing, my hands are lifted. I'm determined to enjoy God. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy my wife. Yeah, you're wondering. You've been married 42 years. You still got romance? Yes, I do. I'm not, I'm, look, I guess when you're at my age, you're kind of bragging, but still. Because I, you can have what you accept. If you accept boring, you're going to have boring. If you accept a mundane, you know, ridiculous, sad Christianity, you can have it. We decide to live for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he has great dreams and great plans, and he gave you the abundant life, and you should be enjoying every minute especially if you serve God enjoy every minute have a lot of fun and you won't quit the joy this is what Nehemiah said stop crying he said because the joy of the Lord is your strength the minute you stop being joyful that's the minute you lost your strength number six and I'm finishing with this almost on time that's new for 32 years (laughs) six never quit what did you learn in 32 years? Never quit. I never quit on my wife. Never quit on my church. I never quit on God. I never quit on my people. I never quit on the dream. I never quit. I never quit. You might knock me down, but you'll never knock me out. I never quit. I never give up. I never give in. I never quit. There's a lot of people who talk about character this and character that. You mentioned what character is? Character is don't quit. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be spiritual. You just have to have great character to say, I might be a complete mess, but I don't quit. Those are the people who change the world. They start dreaming and they never quit dreaming. They never let go. They never give in. They never find a way. If you're looking for a way to quit, the devil's about to give you one. If you're looking for a reason to give up, the enemy's about to provide for you one. But if you're looking for a reason to overcome, God is about to give you one. God's about to give you that breakthrough. Listen, what do I mean when I say never quit? He's faithful. Therefore, I am faithful. He never gave up on me, and I will never give up on him. It's the greatest description. The Bible says Jesus has it written on his thigh. Faithful and true. It's his nickname. And it's true in my life. When I wasn't faithful, he was faithful. Can I get any witnesses? Do I have any witnesses in here? He was, he was faithful. The Bible says if we deny him, he'll deny us. But when we are without faith, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Faithful is not what he does. Faithful is who he is. And that's who you are. We are faithful to the faithful. 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 I love this. I'll read this and I'm closing. 
Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I always like those Rocky movies because I've always related to Rocky. He wasn't a good fighter, you could, but, but he, was one, he was good at just getting his brains beat out. Like, though he's getting his brains beat out, I think he might win. And he had this, Rocky, the movie Rocky, had this uh, philosophy that said, it doesn't matter what happens to you. In the end of the day, it's not doesn't matter how many times you got knocked down. It just matters at the end of the day who's still standing. Is anybody here still standing for Jesus? You might have been knocked down, pushed around, disappointed, laid out. But at the end of the day, I'm still standing. I want, to, I want you to, we're going to worship God. And before we sing this song, I just want to say, love you, man. You need to get right with God today. <laughs> Thought he was repenting there for a second. <laughs> If you don't mind, just bow your head because the Holy Spirit is here. And I, the reason I hollered about all those things is because God super loves you. And he knows the dark places that you've had to pass through. And he is always with you and he never gave up on you and he's here right now. And some of you, he is so glad that you made it today. Because for some of you, this is maybe your last chance. Like, man, I'm going to go to church. I don't know. Well, listen, God is here, and all you have to say is yes. You've already won the game. You've already won at life the minute you just say yes to Jesus. And you'll be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You'll be translated out of your bondage and into the world of blessing and peace. You're going to come out of darkness and into light. It's one simple miraculous decision. You just say yes. All you do is invite him in. The fact is Jesus is the Lord. But we have to admit it and say he's my Lord. And that's the truth that makes you free. Not just any truth. The truth that Jesus went to the cross, paid your debt, and rose from the grave. This is the truth that sets you free. When you bow your knee, you don't have to feel chill bumps or anything. But when you bow your knee and say, I admit it, Jesus is Lord. He's my Lord. When you say that, a miracle happens in your heart. It's that simple. It's so simple, most people miss it. But you have to mean it with your whole heart. Just say it with me. Just say it with me today. Just say it with me. Matter of fact, close your eyes. If you want to receive Christ today, Jesus, as the Lord of your life, Just say this simple prayer with me. Just You don't have to say it loud. Just say it under your breath, right where you are. Just say, Lord Jesus. I mean, if you came to church and you're not right with God, and you want to be right with God, and you want everything to change, and you want God to invade your life, you got to ask him. Let's do it together. One more time, just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all the dumb mistakes I've made. I'm sorry for my selfishness. I'm embarrassed by my weakness. I repent. I repent most 
for leaving you out of my life and putting myself first. I repent. I'm changing my mind. I don't want to live like that anymore. I'm sorry. Come on, pray it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, when you hung on the cross, you paid the debt and the price of death for all of my careless sin. And I believe because of the blood that you shed, I am forgiven. I am washed and I am clean. All across the room say, I receive forgiveness. I receive a new beginning. I receive the Holy Spirit into my life. Say it with your heart. And I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. From this moment on, all I have belongs to him. And all he has belongs to me. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart. I receive eternal life. I believe after this day, old things have passed away. All my sin has been forgiven and forgotten. And everything has become new. 